Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Deb Morgan. Deb was here a while ago, actually three years ago, where we talked about fibromyalgia and addictions and how did the one lead to the other. And living with fibromyalgia, you know, isn't it fun? We've done a few shows on that, and uh, Half the time it leaves you really exhausted and just simply hurting all over. So I do invite you to go back and listen to that show because we share how we actually get through it. And uh, in these times at the present moment, there's a lot of strain on us and a lot of tension on us. Um, we don't know what's happening with COVID. How long is lockdown? You know, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? And however much positivity you have in the front we never know what's going to happen in um, in the background so it's a, a wait and see each day and that can take its toll on you but if she has fibromyalgia but at one time she was an addict an addict not that kind of went up on the street and shot it up but just came from her own personal personal journey her personal pain her personal chapter and that chapter has gone into simply amazing women be inspired and she's contributed that chapter in there and it's about women who are simply amazing because of what they've overcome and how they've redirected their lives just like Deb has so you know addiction and and fibromyalgia and a number of other challenges we're going to be talking about today and it's that finding that strength and that tenacity and that courage and those skills and those tools and that ability to just go through life and enjoy life as much as we can and um, great that you are an author in this book because you are simply an amazing woman Deb welcome back to the show thank you thank you I yeah well here we are (laughs) everybody can see and um yeah it's it's really, you know, it's quite surreal when you finally become an author. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm an advocate for people with addictions or trying to get over them or a mental health, which a lot of times goes with that. Yes. Or fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny that those three things were the ones I ended up with. But there's got to be some sort of, you know, um, correlation maybe mm. i don't know i hurt my i bought i hurt my body and then i was rough on it when i was young yes, yes. and that's where it hurts mm-hmm. you know, it always hurts in the spots that you damage right, right? yes so, the weakest points exactly so in this chapter we are there's 13 women we're all lead authors um It'll be, it's my first, my first publication. And so my next one will be an autobiography. Mm -hmm. That one will go into, you know, childhood abuse, um, molestation, you know, all the bad stuff and how that led me up to starting to drink 
the and addictive road, the addictive yeah. road. Yeah. And then eventually opiates. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is, we don't say that I'm going to be an addict. You know, yeah. we, uh, or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. No, it's, you know, they always say God laughs at your plans. You know, uh, we go through journeys for reasons. And what we do to ourselves in inflicting upon ourselves with any form of addiction, it is trying to numb the pain. It's trying to make sense of something. It's, it's the inability to deal with something that is hurting you. And very often we don't quite know what is hurting us. We know that the abuse is wrong, you know, but, at the same time, nobody seems to be taking responsibility for it. So is it me that's wrong here? Or is this just the norm, you know? And so so many questions go through one's life when you're actually in it, don't they? Yes, the, the blame mm. and guilt. And, you know, when you're guilted, you know, your whole life. And, and my situation is a little different because I was adopted by my grandmother raised by her but yet still my mother is in the picture still trying to you know stir the pot and make me the bad kid and you know so you've got that consistently and every time there was a problem she swooped in you know with her bipolar self and uh it was nuts yeah and uh then i found out you know with with my addiction it made me kind of feel normal. A, a lot of people take pills or whatever because they think, oh, you know, finally I feel normal. You know, I actually feel like I think I should feel. And you don't, but you think you do. And then when you get into rehab and you find out through all the work that you're doing, eventually you get to talk to a psychologist or a psychiatrist, especially with me, I was on Prozac. Mm -hmm. And so when they talked to me, they told me I had bipolar disorder. Well, I was only diagnosed with clinical depression. So I was like, what is that? You know, I I had no idea. I was stupid. And, you know, it, when they told me about it and told me what it did, it it completely made sense. Mm -hmm. But then you cannot blame you know you've learned how to have feelings yes and it's that's such a weird thing um you know like like i say i think in the chapter that it's like a mirror being dropped on the floor and you have to pick up the right pieces and make another mirror Mm -hmm. Uh, you know what i mean just so you can look at the real self and and when you do, you see yourself rather as disjointed, but we, we need to understand that really is who we are. Mm-hmm. We are many pieces oh, trying yeah. to come together. Exactly. And you know, sometimes there's pieces that need to be left on the floor. And then other pieces go back together. And yes, there's the distortedness. But then that is life in many ways. It's very, very distorted. Oh, yeah. And then you end up going, you know, I went to, I don't know, several uh, psychologists, psychiatrists over the years, you know, trying to get through uh, this or that or, you know, horrible, whatever it was. But then my husband four years ago had, um, had to end up in the hospital. We thought he was having a heart attack. It ended up being AFib. But at the time, what it did was it sort of clotted all that like into, mm-hmm. you know, a hay bale 
and reminded me now of what's wrong with what's left what what didn't i deal with you know what's still there yeah and i was 54 at the time i i want i don't want people to wait as long as i did yeah you know what i mean i i want to see people being able to deal with their problems and have a better life for a longer time yeah yeah, that's the premises of the whole self of discovering media. We're all on a journey in life, but if you can learn from the wisdom and the knowledge mm -hmm. from others, it just means you're taking that with you in your backpack and you're more prepared for what right. is to come, um, that state of being. A lot of people who have it, you know, including me, go, you know, why? Why was I dealt this hand? Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of the time that we're dealt this is, is because it is to discover our strength and our courage and our abilities. Um, to empathize with others, to put us in a state of place where we can actually understand what other people are going through and then be of service to them. So sometimes I think it's not like, why did I get it? But what is it for? Right. Where is it leading me? Right. It's, it's definitely, and it's a time. It's so mm -hmm. funny how the time, you know, works out for different people. For me, I had to go through, I mean, I wanted to write a book for years. Mm -hmm. but never did but there was no i felt like there was always no ending you know yes no no way to end or or complete uh that part yeah of my life and so finally i thought you know uh and you think about people writing their autobiographies that are famous you know what i mean mm -hmm. but i think a lot of people do um especially when they go through recovery yeah. or whatever because there's pain and, and it's why do we listen to these stories because it reflects something with inside us mm -hmm. and you know one of the biggest problems we have in going through or getting over something is facing it and mm -hmm. very often we're just too scared to face it and, and you know a lot of addiction no matter what it is whether it's it's opioids or or anything else it could be chocolate could be coffee could be sex could be exercise you know when we do things excessively and really have to do them then we know that there's a driving force behind that that is much deeper and the only way to get through it is to face it and ask what is driving me this way and in your case it was the childhood abuse yeah. most certainly that set you off on that path your mother being bipolar you having some struggles yourself how much of that struggle came from just not feeling you didn't belong you know oh, it, uh, yeah. and what was yeah. afflicted on you you know you were being reactionary right? right right and became and i'm and i mean truly if my kids would have given me a quarter an eighth of what i gave mm. back to my grandmother and mother you know anybody i it was there's so much anger mm -hmm. you know and when yeah. i went to rehab i remember them asking um you know everybody was talking and they'd already been there i was pretty much the new the mm -hmm. only new person and i sat there for a couple of days and they didn't really you know bother me too much but i sat with my feet up you know and my arms crossed defense mode yeah right exactly and you know when you see people like that when i see them now i'm like whoop you know <laughs> and uh so i basically 
he kept getting, he got mad at me actually and said, look, you have to put your feet flat on the floor and you have to unfold your arms. I understand now today, mm-hmm. obviously, and did when I left there. Yeah. Uh, why? But at that time I said, I can't. I mean, literally I felt like I couldn't yeah. do that. And he said, why not? And I said, because I feel like my guts are going to fall out on the floor. Yeah. There's just too much right now. You know, there's just too, too much. much wanting to come out and what else is going to come out with it, you know? Right, exactly. It's like word vomit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once you start talking, you just keep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And you, I mean, literally when, you know, I was arrested to get into recovery. Um, I wrote my own prescriptions. Mm. The doctor had written me prescriptions for a certain amount of time. And then I began to write my own in several different counties. And probably maybe four years ago, if I would have gotten the full amount of counties, I would just be getting out. Yeah. I would have missed my childhood. Yeah. I mean, my adulthood, my kids' childhood, my grandkids. And I just told him when I got there, you know, uh, when they finally wanted me to do a writing sample, of course, mm-hmm. um, I said, you know, it's me. I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm done. I, I can't do it anymore. It was a job. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Taking a hundred Percocet a week is a job. Yeah. You know, full time. Yeah. Um, along with your full time job. And yeah. then hiding it. And yes. then hiding the bottles and hide it's just like alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, once I got to that point, he was really, really good. There is always one person yeah. that helps you. Yes. And if that I the could, shift changes, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah. And I could be that one person for one person. Yeah. I I'd be thrilled. Yes. You know. And I do get written to on my blog, I you know on my page and, mm-hmm. and my blog, um, you know, about people who they're just getting into recovery and they're not sure what to do and they don't know, you know, how to handle it or am I gonna be okay or you know, and I always tell them it's, it's second by second, you know, you, you have to take the pressure off of yourself. You, you cannot expect yourself to know what to do right when you start. You go, go through the process and the process yeah. is different for everyone, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's ritualized. Yeah. It's like smoking. I smoked for years. And when you smoke, you have a ritual. You get up in the morning, you smoke. You vacuum the floor, you know, you clean the house and you want a break. Uh, you know, I'm taking my smoke break, right? Yeah. And it, it, that's all ritual. And then when you don't have it, then you're like, whoops. I'm flapping <laughs> yeah. in the wind, yes. Yeah, I don't have that anymore. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, <laughs> that's okay. Um, but, you know, it, it just, I, I hear these things from people that are identical and, you know, some people are going to see somebody and I stayed in longer than the judge asked me to. I did urine analysis longer than the judge asked me to. And it was because it made me feel safe. Yeah. 
that was the only place that I knew, except for AA, that I could go to be safe. The problem with AA is mostly, and with, you know, going back to the rehab, was they're sick too. You know, yes. they're getting well too. And I'm, so, you know, you kind of have to remember that we're all in the same boat. Right. Yeah, I remember going to, I think I mentioned this in our last show, going to a fibromyalgia clinic. A friend dragged me along. She said, don't say anything, sorry, just watch. And so I watched, and I watched how this guy, with all the people around him, and he was a recovering addict of mm -hmm. something, I can't remember what, but, and, you know, I know it hurts. Oh, I know how much pain you're in. And, and what he was doing is there was no optimism. There was no, you know, upbeatness, nothing. It was feeding the pain. Mm -hmm. It was feeding yeah. the sorrow. It was feeding everything else. And I felt that his addiction was trying to be the hero for them. Right. And eventually I just had to say something. <laughs> I couldn't right. walk. You know? Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> because I felt everybody was going to walk out so depressed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Feeling hopeless and helpless. But yeah. you know, we know that the teachers that have gone through the process are the best teachers, the people that are the best teachers. And we look at, you know, um addicts as being the best teachers for other addicts because you've gone through it. But that's yeah. only if it's not a transference of addiction. Right. Only if you're not still in the addiction yeah. until you turn that into another addiction. Yes. Um, there were people like that. And I met my husband in AA. Mm -hmm. And they always said, you know, two addicts, not yeah. a good thing, blah, blah, you know. And we've been married for 22 years and together for 25. Right. Exactly. Um, you proved them wrong. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and what the, the thing about it is, is that he was 10 years sober before, mm. you know, we ever started dating. I was the newer, I was the new girl, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I gave myself the amount of time they told me to. And, and what I find is, you know, a meeting is two people, you know, you don't have to have 10. Yes. You, have two and if the two people understand what each other's gone through yes. then it helps you through you know problems that come up well that's what he does and that's what i do oh, but that's the thing you recognize the triggers so you know yeah. when to step in i mean this is why you see people who are actors very often marrying in the acting world you know mm -hmm. it's such a precarious uh industry and and it has no time schedule and you need somebody who understands that, you know, if somebody is left at home, that's just kind of going through what people presume is normal. Mm -hmm. And then somebody who is going through something, how can you comprehend? How can you comprehend that? So no. you know, it helps to have some, I've been there. I know what it's like. I know what the temptations are like. I know what we need to do right now. And that's mm -hmm. being that support for each other. Cause I think for a lot of addicts, a, they think that the pain will always come back. The anguish will always come back. But also for a lot of people who get high, you know, it's escapism, it's a release, but it's also kind of the happy place. And they don't think they can ever find happiness without it. Right. And when you're really not happy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a false, it's a screen. You yes. Know? And I, I think one of the things that is so true is you, 
you begin to believe that you have to have it. And, and once you do that, you forget, you know, but, but the whole time you're lying. Yes. You lie to yourself. You lie to the family. You lie to the neighbor. You lie to everyone on a dime. I mean, yeah. literally you can come up with a lie and remember it. Yes. Um, I mean, and then how do you know what the truth is anymore? You're so busy living in the lies. You don't know, you know, how do you keep track of your lies? You know, um, are are you now completely delusional living in your own lie because you don't know what the truth is? That's right. And then you think, well, I can get through it this way, but you cannot. No, you know, no. I mean, I got raped as an adult by a family member. You can, you only can keep that down. Yes. For a certain amount of time. Yes. And then it's not, it just comes up and that's it. And the yeah. thing is, you know, I hate to tell people this, it will always come up in some form or other. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, I was, I was raped 51 years ago. Yeah. Uh, there is, you know, although I'm not going to look at every man as a rapist, no. I am, you're always kind of looking for the triggers or looking for what's the intention. And mm-hmm. that's a form of protection. Right? Yes. It's not that I don't feel love worthy or I know that somebody can't love me. It's that you're, you're, there's always in the back of your mind, can I see it this time? How do I protect myself? What is this person's agenda? And, right. you know, and that's that defense mode that is part of our physical DNA. Mm-hmm. And I think we, you know, I think that we start to develop some sort of a sixth sense. Yeah. Uh, you, you can see that person coming and yes. you're like, nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a neon sight above his head of what he wants. <laughs> yeah. It's not like I'm reading Norris or anything. Yeah. I mean, you just know you're not. Yeah. No. But that's the same with an addict too, isn't it? There are some addicts that just want to go and kind of shoot up or do it on their own. Or there are other addicts that want to get high with somebody else. Like, come on, don't worry, man. No, I'm giving it up. No, no, come on, one more time. You know, and right. that's, this is why they say that if you are going through recovery of any kind, whether it's just, you know, um, going through a divorce, a career change, addiction, no matter what you're going through, mm-hmm. separate yourself from the, the people you know. Mm-hmm. And in, in a lot of ways, go into that isolation and start listening, loving and learning yourself from the inside out. And then when you come back out of that, you'll look at, no, that person's bad for me. Mm-hmm. I have to stay away from this person. And this, these are the type of people I want to bring into my life. But you mm-hmm. can't do that while you're in the midst of it. No, no, because you don't see it. No. And I, I think, you know, the people who go through it, yeah. whether it's fiber, whether it's addiction, whatever it is, um, we're, the, we're the experts, basically, mm. only because we've been there. You know, we've had to deal with it. And if, you know, like you say, with somebody trying to, you know, kind of use their, you know, their problems and, and their feelings to sort of project onto someone else. Yeah. Um, they're not, you know, they're not handling their stuff yeah. yet, you know? And so sometimes you do have to say, well, whoa, yeah. you know, <laughs> or I'm not going back to this one because I know this guy's going to be there, you know? Yeah. And, um, it's, and that's it's self-preservation and self-care, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And now with COVID, I yes. mean, with the cases of COVID, you know, you, you have the addiction, you've got I'm medicated and I still get depressed. Yes. Like you would in with bipolar disorder, but not as bad. Mm-hmm. But that's also but, very much part of the fibro. 
Yeah, it runs. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fibro has um, 31 different points to it mm-hmm. under the umbrella. I've got 29 of them. So yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and it is a balancing act. And, you know, um, why are you depressed? You know, I, I am physically depressed. Right. It's yeah. not that I'm emotionally depressed. It's not that I don't like where I am and what I'm doing or who I am. It's the physical depression because that's part of the disease. Mm-hmm. that just takes you into sadness and so i imagine that if you're an addict on top of that and you know like i say i'm addicted to sugar i mean not sugar chocolate oh <laughs> flour and sugar had a personal relationship for <laughs> and, and of course it got out my coffee every day right but yeah, it's, we it's all under sugar. control <laughs> yeah but it's how do you manage that when you know, your fibromyalgia or your bipolar. I mean, they're fighting with each other. It's a seesaw all the time. And that, it, you know, it'd be so much easier just to pop something and go, okay, you two fight it out. I'm abstaining from this. And That's right. But you can't do that. No. And, and you know, I remember when I got diagnosed um, with uh, fibro, they, I was just and I was just done. You know, yeah. I mean, I was tired. The pain was bad. They yes. wanted me to quit working. I couldn't at the time, blah, blah, you know, went on. And they put me on painkillers. And I told them, I said, look, I was on Percocet. Do not put me on that. Yeah. That was my drug of choice. Don't do it. We'll try this. And if I have any problems, you need to know what to do. Yeah need to know what this sign is and you know i went through the whole thing and my husband knows yes so you know we i did okay i did fine and then eventually i went this isn't helping this is not helping because nothing helps some things Mm -hmm. you know so a lot of times you're better off to take uh, advil or an you know, I hate to break everybody's heart, right? But an yeah. Advil or whatever. Muscle relaxant or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And currently I take Tramadol, which is like a synthetic. But you know what? That actually helps <laughs> helps my feet more than anything, right? Yeah. And they're really bad. Um, that's a real bad spot. It is for a lot of people. Sleep, yeah. I mean, this is one of the curses of fibromyalgia is that... <laughs> Um, you, it doesn't matter how many hours sleep you get. You know, I've got a, I've got a Fitbit and, I, and I now measure my sleep and I look at my pattern and mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a deep sleep for 20 minutes and then awake and then light sleep. And like last night was just six hours. The night before was six hours of light, light sleep. And then I'll maybe get an, uh, an one where I actually get three hours deep sleep, which is fantastic, but never in a one go. It's all spasmodic. And oh, people don't realize that you wake up because you're hurting. Well, yeah, or you just can't sleep. You I've just, got, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, all day I can sleep. Yeah. No, I'm going no to- I mean, I can't even do yeah. it then. The, the worst thing is, is constantly being tired because it wears you down. Yeah, you are. You never, you never, your battery never ever re- completely recharges. You know, it's like a phone battery. After a while, it gives up because it can't hold the charge anymore. And right. I very often feel like that. And, as I've said to you, and, and I put out a posting yesterday on Facebook, it's, yeah. it's okay to not be okay. 
yeah. you know, and just to own it. And this has been me for the last actually few weeks. And, you know, part of it is, is it the back of the mind, the COVID because being an asthmatic with fibromyalgia, don't want to go anywhere near there. No, the uncertainty of life. Yeah. Yeah. This is a dangerous, dangerous time for people who have any form of disease or right. have, uh, an addiction is a disease because these are the times that it's like, Oh, this is all just overwhelming. I just need this to help balance me out. And that's how you go back down the slippery road. Exactly. And, you know, even, even someone like me with what, 25, six years, you know, I mean, years and years, it, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. And, um, if you know it's like I a gene in there isn't it an addictive yeah, gene <laughs> yeah. It, yeah it is it, it is and i think it truly is really um it runs in families and, yes yes you know i just happened to be the, the girl who yeah. got it not the the boy yeah know? um but we you know you you end up with a i don't know it's hard to say but you you end up you know with this um, I have a brain freeze and I don't even know. Why. That's also part of fibro brain farts. <laughs> brain fog, they call okay, it. Brain brain farts. Farts. Um, but uh, <laughs> with the fibro, it, it, you have that. Yes. It's horrible. And then you ask your doctor, does my, does your body ever get used to pain? Do you ever get you know, can you just ever get used to it? And no, that's the answer. You know, no. I think you learn to live with it. Yeah. Isn't today I'm not in some form of pain. You know, the ratio of one to ten. I, you know, a, a really good day is three or four. That's marvelous. That's exactly what my days are when they're good. Right, and and you know, a, a normal state of being will be a seven, and I'll have to admit, lately it's been a nine. And, oh, yes. yeah, you know, and, and, and I know things like EFT and, and meditation and, and good nutrition and aromatherapy and all of these things can help. But yeah. this is not something, as, as you know, my specialist pointed out when he's one of the leading people in fibromyalgia, Dr. Asano, you know, it is a disease that you can only manage. It's not like cancer or anything else you can cure. It won't necessarily kill you, but what it does is it weakens your state of being over time mm -hmm. and uh, it becomes less manageable but it's all about management completely that's right. the same principle as it would be on addiction it's yeah. all about daily management and if you if you you know somebody says to you like there are people you have fibromyalgia it's in your you know it's in your soft tissue your muscles blah, and they go to bed you yeah. know they literally take to Yes. Not doing anything at all. Yes, give in. That's the worst possible yeah. thing. And then they start to lose muscle. Yes. And so I know of a couple of people who actually have died. And they this one of them was a younger guy, a younger man, like 30. And he wasn't on anything. He what they did an autopsy and he wasn't on, you know, any painkillers or anything. But he just his lungs gave, up. gave out. Yeah. You know, and he just couldn't, I guess, just couldn't do it anymore. Right. And, so, and that's the thing is, you, you, you know, you made a good point. It's, um, you know, as, as, as they pointed out, everything we do, even around the household, taking a walk, anything around the household, everything we do is an aerobics for a fibromyalgia. Oh, it's yeah. not the norm, it's an aerobics. 
but it's an aerobics that at least every couple of days we need to go and do something to move because mm -hmm. if we don't we turn into cardboard and then oh, everything yeah. is just like so stiffening and yeah. and then it's like how oh, how do i overcome this pain you know and then out come mm -hmm. the pills to help take the edge off and what can i do about it but it basically he described it as a hypersensitivity disease because everything yeah, about your body is is heightened so in that heightened sensitivity uh, where you literally are um, I mean I don't know about you but sometimes I feel my body shaking feel like gonna, yeah, yeah, it feels up. like an earthquake and it's me it's the earthquake I've realized that it's not the tremor of the earth it's me I'm tremoring like an earthquake and I go whoa where did this come from yeah no kidding yeah well and you think I mean at the end the thing is people will say well my feet really hurt I don't want to walk yeah well, for me if I'm on my feet, if my feet hurt, then I'm on the treadmill walking because yeah. it helps. The circulation. Yeah. The simple I, thing is the circulation flowing for your body. You know, yeah. with this COVID thing, I'm not getting out from my usual walks and right. doing the distance. So definitely the middle has spread. It's oh, yeah. oatmeal, cookies, and chocolate. You yeah. know, it's definitely spread. But also I'm not as loose as I should be because... I would be at least three or four days a week going out for a walk and moving it up. And I've actually become more busy right. than I normally am through this time period. Um, and it's one of the worst things is to sit for long periods of time, which I'm doing. So no, it's hard. Yeah. It, that's really hard. And that's what I did when I worked. Yes. You know, yes. Business. So you're in the most stressful business in the world, right? You know, mortgages and yes. I got out the year that we, right before the crash of yeah. the whole thing in 2008. Yeah, good time and to get I was out. Like, thank, you know, yeah. thank you for, you know, letting me at least make it that last two yeah. years. Yeah. But, but you know, that, that's the thing though, if, if you, the addiction, the ill health, the challenges, all of that is one of the things we cannot put ourselves through is a stressful job. It's just, oh, it's exactly. just going to, you know, turn that volume up on that pain and that, that whole discontent in our body, mind and soul. You know, mm -hmm. this is uh, why so many of us go on disability because we simply cannot do that nine to five job. No. You can't stand there for that length of time. You can't sit for that length of time. You don't know what your days are going to be like. No. You've got some days where you're completely crippled. And so yeah. it makes it very hard. So, but it is good though to be engaged. And you're definitely engaged, like the writing of the book. You've got your um, other book coming out, you know, being written right now. And you're very proactive with the work that you do. And you just have to do it based on the energy you have in the day. That's right. And, and that helps. I yes. mean, you kind of wish that, you know, it, I would have done that the whole time. You know, yes. I got diagnosed with um, chronic fatigue because I literally couldn't get off the couch. And I had mm -hmm. two kids you know, that were in school. And um, so when I went, he's like, well, you have chronic fatigue. But then, I mean, the cholesterol was ridiculous. Yes. I mean, so then they tried to blame it on, you know, yeah. there was, they didn't know what to do with me. So again, I ended up going back to exercise and that really helps. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really did. And, and not, not just physically, but yeah. mentally. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is about the physical, it's, it's generating the oxygen throughout your body. You know, we need to be in flow, not stagnation. The fibro part of it wants you to stagnate. Mm -hmm. Wants you just to stay still where everything is so hard to move. Mm -hmm. Everything is painful to move, but the more we move, the more supple we make ourselves. That's right. And the less pain that we're in, even though it might be painful to start off. So we've got to find something. Right. Swimming, walking, treadmill. It's not go out and play, you know, six rounds of tennis. No. No. That's not <laughs> right. No matter how much you can walk on the treadmill. But yeah. I had one lady say, you know, I wish I could walk on a treadmill. And, you know, so a lot of people, they, they can't or they think they can or they don't want you know exercise yeah. is not for everybody right you know? yeah um, but we all have some sort of you know like you said we all have some sort of exercise yes but if you don't do anything at all that causes pain which causes depression which causes pain yes. and it's this cycle of craziness whether you have a mental disorder and you're depressed anyway you know yeah. tend to be that way or if you're not yeah yeah you know so the out i mean the whole, whole thing and the funniest thing was i mean not funny haha i guess but uh, i had the addiction the mental health at the same time yes but but which which most you know. people do with the addiction that's it's the men- not being able to cope with things that puts them down the addiction because of the mental health that's right. Yeah. And mania is, you know, with bipolar disorder, you have mania. Now, mm. my mom had dysphoric mania. That was the bad kind. And then it would flip mm. and it would be a good kind. But when she was in the bad, oh, God, she, I mean, she was a nightmare. And still, I, I can't even talk. I don't talk to her anymore. I mm. can't, nobody does. It's just, you know. But, I, you know, you, you just, the mania is such a feeling. It's like taking a drug, you know? Yeah. And your kids sometimes think you're, you know, what a fun mom you are. You know, you wake me up at 1030 at night and we drive to Iowa and that's not even stretching the truth. We did, Mm. you know, and I'm like, why, you know, the stuff you would do is crazy. Mm. It's, it's crazy and know. irrational to them mm-hmm. but irrational to everyone else and that's the thing don't try and impose your reason on somebody that's living in that irrational right, right? It, it's it's to try and steer them back to, mm-hmm. to turn that corner back into the rationale but you know one of the things i'm sure you hate as well is when people say snap out of it you know yeah. just think positive feelings and you will be all right your fiber mount is all your fault you know, yeah. uh, and, you know, it's like, we're just going to stop right there. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not worth the argument. No. And we've got to understand that you know, having these challenges are simply that. They're challenges to balance in life. And right. we can't put blame game or shame game on anyone. No. And, you know, my daughter, you know, it, she understands. And she's like, well, mom, you can't be in pain every day. I said, yes. Yes. I am. Yeah. And some days it's a three, you know, yeah. you live on a pain scale. Yes. Some days it's a three, some days it's a five, you know, and I used to live in a complete five consistently all the time. I figure a three is pretty good, you know? Yes. Um, yes. 
Yes, and, I've been there for a while. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, um, and it's funny because you know we we have the weather the weather changes. Yes, I mean the barometer. Yes, I, I'm a barometric walking barometer. Yeah. I can tell we're going to have a storm. I asked my husband, "What's the weather going to be like this week?" I feel so bad, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I literally will sleep for six hours, but it's not, it's never deep sleep. I don't, I don't yeah. know how much that I ever get. Yeah. No, no. My son bought me the Fitbit and it was very interesting to watch the pattern and uh, you know, how, how much just surface sleep I get and uh, the deep sleep. And, and if I get a three hour deep sleep, I'm hallelujahing. I really am. I, um, I never thought of the Fitbit. I yeah, no, it's, it's good for that. It also tests your heart rate. And also it shows you how many steps you walk a day. And that's the thing. Oh, you're doing your 10,000 steps? No, I couldn't do 10,000 steps. No. In my marathon walk would be 5,000 steps. Yeah. That is enough for me. Take me a day and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if I can do, you know, 2,500 a day, that's great. Most days I can't. But if I can get out and even do, you know, 1,000 or 2,000, it's better than nothing. Right. But, you know, I was once or twice a week doing the 5,000. Um, which I'm not doing now because I would, I would pace myself, walk into town because mm-hmm. I'm here in Victoria, right by the waterfront, right, right. my shopping and then go somewhere for a, a cup of tea or coffee and a little bite. And then I would bust back and then walk from there. And mm-hmm. that, that was enough because you have to pace yourself. So whatever you're going through in life is, is know your own routine, your own system and how to pace yourself. Again, it all comes back down to that management, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. And I think you, you know, like I, I, I'm, I mean, I was competitive in sports in school. Track mm-hmm. was my thing. So I can't just be happy, you know, to walk on the treadmill at 57. You know, I have to start with, you know, walking on the treadmill and then I get bored and then I start running and jogging and doing weights and, then you wear yourself out. Yes. Twice a week is, is all you can, that's all you can do. Mm-hmm. You can physically not do anymore. Right. And so I bought a treadmill. <laughs> you Good know. For you. I've got nowhere yeah. to put it, unfortunately. And, yeah, and, I, I, and I, I prefer I, to kind of get out there on the, in nature that forces me to do that. But yeah. In the um, rain, it, it makes it a little easier because we have so much rain. Yes, here. exactly, exactly. My girlfriend um, in her 70s, she, well, before this COVID happened, you know, uh, was doing aquatics two or three times a week. Yeah, that's And when I visited her, I'd go along. And I realized that I could do the stretching exercise. I could do that. I couldn't do any of the jumping. So when they started getting into that type of thing, I would just go and do lengths at my own pace. Mm-hmm. And then go into the hot tub and let that massage me. And I would be completely beat after that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you have this. They, it's one of the things that they put up there, you know, when you see like the sign for fibromyalgia and then it tells all the different things. And one of them is heat intolerance or cold intolerance. And it, literally, if the house changes, my fingers will turn white. And that's called Renault or something like that. It's a, some sort of weird disease, but it goes along with, you know, all the other stuff. Like yeah. Intolerance. Now yeah. that, that I don't have, what I do do 
is after being in the chair and I just went to bought myself a back cushion and a seat cushion memory foam to be more comfortable <laughs> and it's supporting my back better than because before I was more hunched and this is supporting it now yeah. but what I do every night um the um because I share an apartment with a with a senior lady is um I go get on my bed to watch tv and I have a heating pad and you know just move mm-hmm. it up and down my back and and people no 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 you need ice you need cold no no i need heat heat is yeah. the only thing I other than it. either acupuncture or acupressure or proper my fascial massage mm-hmm. is the only thing that will loosen things up so yeah. again know your body know yeah. what works for you try a few things out and know what works for you right no and they and that's another thing with covid here we go uh, you can't, uh, no acupuncture. You oh, know. Um, I've had some very good acupuncture that literally helped me quite considerably, but there's nothing right now. Yeah, I would no, love I had, a massage. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I've had to stop with my acupuncture yes. because they haven't been open. Right. Uh, you know, um, no haircuts, no nothing. Yeah. Well, while people are worrying about haircuts, which, you know, I'm looking like a shaggy dog now, believe me. It's like getting to that point, like, what do I do with it? It's just a thick lump, you know? Um, it, it, it's, it's, we've got to realize that a lot of people that are going through this right now who have faced the challenge of addictions or are living with any form of disease right now that they normally manage, you know, it's about the manage of, um, the landlady's in the other room and she's calling me. <laughs> um, her phone pocket dials me for some reason. But it is about having to manage it within these parameters. Yeah. And, you know, you are vulnerable. You don't want to get sick. You don't know how it's going to affect you, you know, if you're in and around it. You have mm-hmm. to keep your distancing, but you need to get out in the sunlight and in the warmth and in everything else. It's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but how can you adjust your way of thinking, your way of doing things, um, mm-hmm. and everything else during this time, because there is, as I said, that back of the mind that I'm being cautious, I'm being sensible, I'm not feeding into the disease, but at the same time, you can feel it kind of trying to catch up with you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's trying to keep up beat on that. Are you finding that a challenge that you've got to change the way you do things because oh. you're not getting access to, to what helps? Oh, definitely. The, the acupuncture is, is murder, you know, not having it. Yeah. And she, she does something kind of interesting. And, you know, when, you know, back in Henry the Eighth's day, you know, you heard about bleeding people. Yes. You know? Oh, yes. I mean, they literally cupping, went, you know, cupping. their arm yeah. up. Yeah. And yeah. she, she does like an acupuncture type, you know, where she, cause you end up with pressure. I, people who don't do acupuncture, it's hard to understand. Yeah. I know but, you know, there's certain places in your body that hold all this pain and, and stuff. Yeah. They call and, it blocked G. Blocked right. energy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and you can feel it. If, yes. Oh, yeah. If you long enough, you can feel it. And so she'll, she'll put a needle in there. And after she does that, and I leave, it's like, you know, yeah. um, whatever was stuck. Yes. Stuck. But so it's releasing the body. Yeah. yeah. Everything's stuck now. And, you know. Yes. And then you've yeah. got the, then the anxiety. And yeah. here we go again with, you know, regular yeah. people and right. bipolar people. Yeah. And then you have, you know, bipolar people. Right. 
which, you know, we're a nightmare when it comes to anxiety too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then that temptation, you know, oh, I'm just going to do this. It'll make me feel better. And to make sure that, you know, that, that habit that makes you feel better doesn't become habitually bad for you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. It, it is hard to stay away from, you know, like you were saying, chocolate and stuff. Yeah. Chocolate for even an addict is, they always say chocolate's a really bad thing. You know, that's something that you can, you eat a lot of it. My husband did for a long time. Ate tons of, you know, Hershey's Kisses or something. Mm -hmm. um, so now, you know, if, if I'm going to, I have to do really dark chocolate. Yes, that's, that's with me. Yeah. You know, dark chocolate covered cranberries or ginger or peanuts yeah. or, or, you know, dark chocolate is mostly what I eat. Yeah. Um, and uh, you also don't need to eat as much of it. So it's not like I'm gouging chocolate bars, but, you know, I do like to have some chocolate at the end of the day. And, and, and that dark chocolate um, is better for you. So, because, yeah, you, you know, we've got to be careful how much sugar we put on our body because it's not good for our body. Right. right? So uh, on anybody's level, how, yeah. whether you're healthy or unhealthy, but it's not good for us. And so, you know, um, Obviously, there's other amazing women in this book as well. Do oh, you yeah. I was, know I was, what else they're writing about? Um, there's 13 stories. And, you know, there's, there's all, I mean, all different kinds of, you know, people who've gone through really something tragic, had to get over it, whatever it was for them. Yeah. And especially in, in uh, chapter two, that that chapter is uh, from an African woman, you know, and she talks about you know the the mutilation that the women go through. And I mean, you know, you you don't you don't think about stuff like that yes. if it doesn't happen, and then you know you hear about somebody getting through that and then helping other people, you know so they don't have to go through it or whatever. Yeah. Every story. It's, gen it's genital side, you know, I've done a couple of shows on that, you know, whether it's boys being circumcised or girls, clitoris literally being cut off. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, it's very big in, in certain African cultures, also in um, Arab countries uh, yeah. as well. It's been banned now. But um, in most countries, and even in the countries that practice it a great deal, but there's still the underground that keeps doing it. And, right. it's, and it's extremely painful. A lot of people do not survive it. Um, no. and, it's, um, and it's mutilation, pure and simple. Yeah. And then they think it's normal. And, you know, yes. it, it's the, you know, you hear stories about it. But then when you actually are in the same book with someone, you yeah. know, and um like i have not gotten a chance to talk to her but there's been a few women that i've gotten close to and you know you you don't ask them what their story is before the book comes right. out um but then you start to read it and every single story in here is something that i think every single person needs right now Yes. Everything is so negative and mm. everyone's sick and nobody mm. can do anything. And, and I know that it's a hard time to purchase a book, <laughs> you know, 
I mean, it's not like, you know, you have money laying around the house, right. you know. Um, it has to look at it as a, a, a heart investment. Yeah. And, and we've made it <clears throat> quite high. Um, well, quite low, I guess it would be on the top 100. We were moving up. Yeah. And that's, that's really good. Yes. I, I'm happy because in this book, someone's going to find something yeah. that is, has got something to do. Right. With- well, and it's, you know, they'll find that chapter that speaks to them. This yeah. is my story. Right. You know, how did you get through it? I relate to this. And, and in, in your particular story, how many women have gone through child abuse, you know, uh, sexual abuse, um, you know, um, abuse by a parent with mental disorders and, mm-hmm. you know, also then, you know, have it yourself, which sometimes could have lain completely dormant if you had a happy childhood and never come out, mm-hmm. but it comes out through the trauma. And then it's now it's your burden for the rest of your life. And um, we need to talk about that because we need to empower ourselves to saying that is what we have. This is what happened to us. This definitely had something to do with who I am today. Right. But I am in charge of who I am today and who so I will be tomorrow. I yeah. What do I do with that? You know? Yes. Um, yes. Sometimes it just seems like a big pile of mess, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but once you can sort it out, you know, everybody has a story. And I think the people who have a lot of uh, people I will hear from are, are mothers of kids mm-hmm. or young adults who have problems. Yeah. And, you know, they don't know how to, ha- you know, they don't know what to do. Well, you're giving them some insight. Yeah. And all I can really do is tell them you're going to see this, but if they're over 18, you know, if they, if they quit talking, which they may very well, if they're in a deep, you know, or they're going to lie, they're going to, you know, they're going to, they're going to cry. They're going to tell you they need to live. You know, it's going to be a, it's horrible for parents to have to go through that. Yeah. Um, somehow, somehow, uh, maybe through telling my kids what, and having them be part mm. of my recovery, maybe that helped them because in at least my kids and my grandkids, that cycle was broken. Finally. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah. I, and, and, and so necessary you know, it reminds me of uh, Tracy McGee, whom I interviewed years ago and she's kind of a a grief counselor and now and she comes almost kind of from the hillbilly type family and they were all (laughs) alcoholics and at 15 she was given a drink and and she made a conscious thing at that time not to pick it up and drink it because she looked at everybody else being drunk and said that was going to be me she lost 10 family members to alcoholism she managed to get her father straight for a while, but he went right back into it and died. And that's the thing. If we've got to understand that sometimes it's not just life event on it. It's genetically imposed in there. It's psychologically right. in your programming. And she changed that shift and right. decided to go down another road. And when it comes to it, whatever we're dealt, whatever we're around, whatever might be genetically in this, we have to look at ourselves at some point and go, not my way. I'm going to carve my way out for myself. Right. 
and and people you know especially parents they always think it's their fault yes it's, it's my fault what did i do wrong mm. with nothing yeah you, you did nothing wrong it could be a gene that's recent yeah. it could be but, but and you don't know what they're dealing with you know no. your mom was bipolar you didn't know what she's dealing with and the parent no. she was going to be at the time was based on what she was dealing with right and I, I thought to myself you know how could the birth of one child mm -hmm. make a dysfunctional family you know um completely crazy I know. you know what i mean like it it seems like when i was born it was just this you know explosion of just nuts and you know the things that you had to say yeah the constant line where did i learn how to lie yeah right yeah. every day yeah. every single day yeah and when there was something that i could do or something that i wanted to do of course i would do something stupid and get in trouble but you know those things were always taken out of my hands so you have no power you know your power is always taken away you know and and i'm not crying about that it's just that's the truth so of course if you're going to have problems you know of course it it's going to be funner you want to be more rebellious mm -hmm. you want to do more and more and more and you don't care if you hurt yourself you're not afraid yeah i wasn't afraid yeah. to write a prescription even though i had two kids and husband and house and you know i literally was not afraid no because you'd, you'd made some perfect excuses for yourself well yeah you could justify it yeah i'm never gonna get caught i'm never you know you there's only two ways out of of this you know of the disease you either die or you get better right somehow yeah and and even if you just get part of the way better and then you continue to work on that it's better than the opposite direction right and and it's learning to live with a different norm mm -hmm. you know it's learning to live in awareness learning to live in gratitude you know being yeah. in tuned with oneself you know oh i can feel I, I i can get those days where you know i'm on i think it's prozac I'm, i think i'm on um myself i finally succumbed I to that yeah yeah because i just couldn't cope anymore and everything else i tried had adverse effects and this seemed to agree with me mm -hmm. and there are those days where it's like oh okay is, is it going to be a two pill day and then it's not just take a breath you're fine you can get through this hit a b17 you know or b3 mm -hmm. to six complex right. <laughs> you know um one tip i will give though is that i had run out of magnesium and d and uh magnesium something i have to take yeah and and uh, my body went into complete trauma and then when i went back onto the magnesium with turmeric and also vitamin d changed things around quite considerably so that's another thing is that your body is working harder for you and it's working at a very high stress level and you do need those certain nutrients in there to help it magnesium and d are very very important and i take both of them yeah yep. and, and the turmeric is great because it works beautifully with the magnesium now that uh, i've never taken but i'm yeah because it's really good at, at anti-inflammatory mm -hmm. so it's really good on that so you know do your investigation of what you need to balance yourself out 
yeah, know, it's okay to be hitting it. It's not just please, folks. I, I'm the first person to, to say that positive thinking equals positive living. But that doesn't mean you can uh, think it away. And, yeah. and that purely positive thoughts is and now you don't have anything. All the positive thoughts are doing is giving you the tools and the skills and the ability to manage what you have in a better light. Right. And, and but, it, you know, a lot of people say, well, they're not FDA approved. It, it, it doesn't matter. No, <laughs> yeah, you. no, no, come on. This is nature. Nature's yeah, been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah, I can't, I just can't say enough about the people out there who understand it. When you meet someone or a naturopath or anybody, yes. anybody who understands what you're going through and they can tell you, well, you need to get off sugar. Yeah. That's what's making you, you know, and so I was drinking soda. Right. You know, I got off of soda, went to like uh, soda water, you know, no calories, boom, started losing weight. Yeah. You know, and then started taking, you know, magnesium, glycinate. There's so many different yep. kinds. Yeah. That's good for pain. And, you know, it, 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 I, you know, I literally everything that they've thrown at me, I've tried. Yeah. And some of yeah. it works and some of it didn't. And, and then, and, you know, the thing is, there's some fundamentals like, you know, lots of vitamin D and magnesium for, for fibromyalgia people is important. Yeah. I take vitamin C every day as well. And then two, three times a week, I take the B um, and, and I take the OCB oil, uh, which I've just started. And mm -hmm. you've got to, you know, those are, those are fundamentals because we know those work on all people with fibromyalgia. But at the same time, you, you know, your dosage is going to be experiment with it. You know, what makes you feel good? Are you feeling bad today? Can you increase that dosage there to help, you know, help you ride through a, a bad day? But be in tuned with yourself. You know, one of the reasons why we have addictions and why we, we run to band-aid everything is because we're not willing to have that conversation yeah. with self. And when you have that conversation with self and you really go, okay, where is this coming from today? Is it the weather? Moisture in the air? <laughs> That's a killer. Yeah. You know, is, is it I've listened to too much news? You know, mm. you know I'm, have I overdone it? You know, have I, am I eating properly? You know, am I getting as much sleep as I can? And if to know to any of those things, okay, address that. Do something about it. Exactly. And, you know, you, you never know what's going to work for one person doesn't nope. work for the other. And, um, and they say, you know, I mean, in this world, uh, everybody, you know, yes. is consistently trying to fix something yes. or, they, or they need to. You know, <laughs> there's I mean, a lot that need to that yeah, aren't acknowledging it. Yeah. There's a few here that could use it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, um, it's, it's, you know, it's difficult because they always say, we've got the worst problem. Every country that, yes. that has access to that. And, you know, I mean, England, I'm sure they have issues. Oh, they're, they're, and they haven't been doing as much isolation or anything. I mean, cases are increasing. Right. And, uh, they, you know, other countries that had it really down pat but came out too early and now increasing. Mm -hmm. Of course, the States is an absolute hot mess. And I'm very proud of Canadians saying, no, we're not opening our borders yet. 
No. You haven't got it under control. We're getting no. it under control. And the last thing we need is second wave coming from there. Yes. And yeah, all right. I know it's, we're all frustrated. I know that we're, it's putting a lot of strain on us. We can't get the acupuncture, can't get the massage, can't get the treatments we need. But right. it's just like, be strong. You'll ride through this because the alternative to get out there, you know, all these people that say it's, it's a hoax, um, you know, there was a pastor of a church who had a thousand people in there. You know, God will protect me. He's dead. And how many of his congregation is dead? This is a killer. It's a silent killer. And it kills people in so many different ways or injures them in so many different ways. And we don't know enough about it just to turn our noses up at it. And it's the yeah. same with fibromyalgia. People look at you and you look healthy. Well, I don't see anything That's wrong with you. Thing. Yeah. Right? Am I meant to have a limb dangling off somewhere? I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I have fibromyalgia. I haven't been to the war. You know. What yeah. I mean? Exactly. But it's a war. It's a daily war. Yeah. I mean, it is a daily war. Right. But it's different. You yes. Know? Exactly. Um, the enemy you're fighting is your own body because it's fighting you back. Yeah. So, but it's it's just there's. Yeah, this this the COVID is is something that I I I feel bad for my grandkids having yes. to be, you know, not be able to finish school or yeah. or the seniors not being able to graduate and um and and people just you know dying and then they say oh well you know just a statistic if I if I could I'd give up my life yeah. for my no. The guy that just talked would not. Right. I know, I've heard him. Yes. <laughs> I'm giving up his family. Right. For, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Exactly. And you know. And what is this? We've reached an old age, and we should Soylent Green. Everyone, yeah, look it up, folks. Soylent Green movies. Look at them. Um, you know, the 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 thing is, is we've earned our time now. You know, we've earned you know what we're doing now because we've worked for it. We've toiled for it all our lives and this isn't a time that's go you're old and dismissed it's not a you know um a logan's run you know yeah. it's this is um this is makes people more vulnerable but the, what i'm delighted to see is how many people in their 90s and the hundreds have had covid and beaten it and well, it, when you think you about know, those people there are history Yes, yes. I mean, the young kids are our future. Yeah. The older people are our history. Yes. And when you hear about an older person that, you know, maybe a, a star, whether it's a singer, whether it's yeah. a, you know, somebody who you you knew that was a writer or a politician, anybody who you had respect for. When you hear about them dying from, you know, this disease and, and to say kids couldn't get it and now yeah. kids get it. Um, and very viciously because it's coming out of them in a different way. Yeah. So, you know, the, I, the older people deserve everything that any other person. Yes. yes. I wouldn't have wanted to get rid of my great grandmother. That's where I learned all the history of my family. That's exactly. why, you know, I can, I can do, you know, ancestry studies and find out, mm. you know, what did my relatives do? It's interesting to find out, you know. The it's old... part of who you are. Yeah. It's a part of your DNA. You know, there, there is um, the series called Who Do You Think You Are? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, um, what was the name of the actress? Kate something, um, comedian. She's had the big booth on hair. Um, 
Anyway, <laughs> Kate Siegel. Kate Siegel. Yeah. And uh, she just did one the other day and to find out that actually she comes from a long line of Amish and peace givers. Yeah. And she's a peace activist herself, right? Yeah. And didn't realize, you know, that, that, that core value, even though she didn't know her ancestors, is still very much instilled in her. Sure. I mean, we were Quakers. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Quakers? What, you know? Um, and then they turned into something else and yeah. dark towns. And you don't know any of that. Right. I knew nothing about that. Um, and when I got my DNA tested, I was, there was people contacting me who were actually relatives of mine that I didn't know. Yeah. I had no idea. And my great grandmother, she was the one who, um, who pretty much was probably the only saving grace I had, you mm -hmm. know, but she died before I, you know, started taking the drugs. Right. Um, but, you know, I always wondered, and this is something that people probably think, well, I'll never have fun again. If I quit drinking yeah. or, you know, whatever, I'm never going to be able to go to a party again. I'm never, yeah. let me tell you, when you go to parties after you're sober and you watch people, trust me, you can have more fun at that party watching these people because you're like, oh, my, did I act like that? Yeah. You know? Oh, Did he just God. say that? Did she just yeah. do that? Is she going to remember this in the morning? And <laughs> you're one hangover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm not, you yes. know? Yeah. And, uh, you, you can have just as much fun. It's just that it gets, you actually start to get irritated. Yes. When they drink too much because they get, you know. Well, the, the true colors comes out, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And so then you get to the point where you're like, I don't mind going out at all, you right. know, but I mean, now I don't, but when I was young, I got to the point where I, it didn't bother me mm -hmm. to go anywhere, you know, but I remember all the times that I went when there was no way I was leaving there sober. Right. You know? And half the time, I didn't know how I left there anyway. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, because that's again, part of that escapism, you know, into oblivion. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was saying, you know, a drunk will find happiness along the way to finding drunk misery, but you're too drunk to remember it. Yeah. No, I, I re I've wrecked cars and not known, did I hit a person? Right. Or did I hit a guardrail? Yes. Well, really, truly, what did I hit? Falling asleep in an intersection and having somebody take me in an alley and try and rape me. Right. Put car neutral so that I didn't know why my engine would work but my car wouldn't and you know it just it goes on and on and on and then you keep telling yourself I'm not doing this anymore yeah I'm not doing this anymore and yet what are you doing next weekend right all week any yeah. day you can yeah yeah, when, when do you hit that rock bottom where it's enough is enough, I'm going to change directions, which of course we yeah. do discuss in our first show, which I invite people to go back and listen to. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's on the fibromyalgia, obviously, but it's, it's, uh, you know, also about, you know, surviving fibromyalgia, but it's also on your journey that oh. um, where you share that and everything. So you invite people to go back and listen to that as well. And yeah. um, so um, is the book out already? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. How do people get it? Yeah. And um, let me see if I can do it over here. Um, this cover 
actually. There's a story behind it. One of the women in here, her husband had died just a few, not, not very long before the book needed to have a cover. And so they used, that's his favorite place. Mm -hmm. So nice. each and every part of this book and the series of books that will come out after this may be Simply Amazing. I think he wants to do Simply Amazing, um, you know, like uh, nurses and doctors and right. after this and, and children, you know, later. It's one of those things where, you know, no matter what age you are, you know, that you have a story. Everybody has a story. Yeah. And I was asked to be in this and it's been, it's a labor of love. Yeah. It truly is. And, and like I said, if, if you don't like third chapter, um, go to the fourth. Go to the fourth. You know <laughs> read I mean? the third chapter, folks. I, yeah. I, read, I read most of it the other day. And even though I've interviewed before and we've talked off and, you know, there were still some things I didn't know there. And um, that's the thing is what we've been victimized, you know, uh, by doesn't mean that we have to still stay a victim. And, you know, we, and we can't outrun ourselves. We always catch up with ourselves. And when we actually understand we're all simply amazing. That's and what true. we're trying to do is step into our awesomeness. Then we yeah. understand, you know, what the process is all about and we, and we get on and do it. So uh, people, it's, it's by Casey Armstrong, Simply Amazing Women. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's at um, Amazon? It's on Amazon. It's at Barnes & Noble. Um, and once I can get, <laughs> I think once everybody can get into, you know, other bookstores. To, to mm -hmm. see. Yes, it'll so, be there as well. And then how do people, um, I see there is, um, I have to put the glasses on, sorry, go completely yeah. blind. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, um, uh, you, you also may visit uh, WMAPradio.com, Simply Amazing Women. Yes. And, and um, they can order it. Actually, they can order it too. There, so. right? And and people get hold of you. They can get hold of me. Yep. Yeah, Deb. It's these are all small. <laughs> Deb dash spot dot com. And okay. Deb spot on Facebook. If you put Deb spot in there, majority of the Deb sponsors going to come up me. Right. Whether it's page or whatever. I don't know if that's just not a name that. Yeah. And uh, people can also email you. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. At dmorgan45 at gmail.com. Correct. Yeah. Excellent. And, um, you know, you've got your LinkedIn and your Twitter and all of that and uh, mm -hmm. uh, official author site and everything else, which people can just come back and put in your name in here and both of your shows will come up and, uh, and all your other information and everything. You know, and, you know, people say, do you interview celebrities? Yeah, everybody I interview is a celebrity. Because we're celebrating the journey that you were willing to take that now is an inspiration mm -hmm. to someone else. So, right. you know, thank you for being so open and honest. There's a lot of people that even later in life would find, oh, I know I can't talk about my addiction days. I, you know, I worry about how people <laughs> would look at me, that. you know, and, and uh, you know, I've got this and I've got that. And people, well, how can you even cope with one? Never mind all of them. And mm -hmm. yet you're still very upbeat and it's very positive and working towards showing people how they can live no matter what their challenges are. And, and just get out there and enjoy life yeah well i hope it you know i hope the book helps some somebody with something yes 
yeah and you're not going to know until you either listen to these shows or you mm-hmm. and or you read the book and that's to remember why it was written it was written to inspire it was written to invite mm-hmm. other amazing women to step up and be awesome in their own lives yeah definitely so well i thank you for having me on a delight to have you back again love <laughs> and uh, you know maybe get through these next weeks or months or whatever the fibro land and get back yeah. to a good massage or something <laughs> the next time i'll be on hopefully it'll be when i have trapped out of me. yeah yes another complete nutter you know yeah story then yeah. yes yes uh, i mean it's just all about you know what's in front of you riding the wave what's in front of you and that's all we can do right yeah truly okay so. love all right you take uh, good care of yourself and everyone else out there it's your challenges are a part of your package in life but it, they're not you you're not fibro you're not bipolar you're not addict these are the things that you went through and some of them are going to stick around as a reminder um and but we are so much more than that so step into your awesomeness and read this uh, amazing uh, women because We need to celebrate each other. So until next time, folks, bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows. Please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows, and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening.